0: Welcome to The Astrology Show. Um, This is our first episode, the inaugural episode of the show, and I couldn't be more excited to share it with you. Um, This episode is a conversation that I had with three incredible, amazing, inspiring, just awesome (laughs) astrologers. Um, Three astrologers that I've had readings from, that I, you know, have a lot of trust in, and um, who I just think are brilliant. So I'm really excited to share. Um, in this episode, we're speaking with Sam Reynolds, Bear River, and Ari Felix, and it's really a treat. It's really, um, it's going to be really enriching, and. What we what we're discussing basically, I pose the question, why astrology? So there's a couple other questions kind of like surrounding that, but that's that's the main focus is why why each of us, you know, got into this in the first place? What is it about astrology that captivates us and fascinates us? And I think it's gonna answer a lot of questions that people have that don't know astrology or that are interested in astrology. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited to share it with you. Let's get into it.
1: All right, we have three incredible astrologers here that. I look up to um, I look up to a lot, and their work has influenced my my work quite a bit. Um, and especially, I think over the past year since I've gotten to know all three of you a little bit more, it's just been it's just such a pleasure to have you here with me for the first <laughs> my first ever podcast um, episode, and uh, to 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 talk about this question that, you know, I think comes up a lot. Maybe it doesn't come up a lot. I think it's kind of like in the background of a lot of people's minds who are into into astrology or interested in learning more, which is why astrology. Um, And so to introduce everyone, we have the incredible Sam Reynolds here. We have um, Bear River and Ari Felix. Um, and yeah snaps snaps all around for all three of you um it's really cool to have all three of you here with me right now I like i wish i wish you all could see us we just we all look so beautiful <laughs> and melanated and shiny and gorgeous um <laughs> so so yeah i want each of you to kind of um introduce yourself tell tell us a little bit about your um I mean, don't get too into it because I think we're going to, we'll, we're going to cover a lot in terms of like how you use astrology and um, what got you into it, but just a little, a little intro about yourself, um, you know, how long you've been doing astrology, the type of astrology that you do maybe, and um, maybe like where you're located and yeah, the basics, we'll say. So Sam, will you start us off?
2: Sure sam reynolds i'm in newark new jersey i hail to you from buffalo new york via philadelphia via also new york city brooklyn new york um i have been a student and well i'll say start off as a student we're all students of astrology i started off as a student of astrology in 1990 so i guess that's 30 years wow i have been a practitioner of astrology since 2002 um, with my own practice. And um, I think, what else? Well, my specialization is in natal, but I also study and teach horary, electional astrology, astrocartography, um, and sinistry. And I um, specialize also in terms of I would say I'm a hybrid between quote-unquote modern astrology and quote-unquote traditional. Um, So I draw some measure of my roots more toward the traditional, but I definitely started off more psychological and modern. And so I think, especially over the last 10 years, it's kind of marinating and marriaging those two roots. Um, You know, having gone through my phase where I tried to like separate them and pull out weeds and whatever and decide what was a weed. Um, so I'm a lot more open. My other work and passion is diversity in astrology. And that means both in terms of gender equity and race and ability. And also in terms of all dimensions of how we can express ourselves as human beings.
1: Awesome. Would you mind sharing your sun sign with
2: us? No, I don't mind at all. I'm a sun in Scorpio. Uh, sounds familiar with a moon in Leo and a Pisces rising, like someone else I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you guys don't already know, Sam and I, we're not chart twins. Um, you know, he started studying astrology before I was born, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like. Um, but we have extremely, like, creepily similar charts um, yeah. from, like, almost the same rising degree. Our chart rulers are in the same sign and venus, venus in the same sign we both have mars like your mars is exalted mine's in scorpio and domicile. um ninth house scorpio suns fire moon fire
2: moons yep yeah mm-hmm. well, so. lots in
1: common so yeah we've talked about that quite a bit but thank you for for introing yourself um bear My will pleasure. you go next
3: yeah sure i am uh, bear river um I am in Pinole, California, which is Pinole and Ohlone lands and um, I got my start in astrology I guess 2000 if I have to pick a year early in high school started getting really um, really deep into finding every book I could and used bookstores back when those were a thing and um, I have recently um, I feel like I'm just repeating everything Sam's been saying I've uh, been certified in Hellenistic, electional, and horary astrology, um, and I've been working a lot in the realm of intersectionality, um, looking to create a space and an organization that serves the purpose of facilitating, um, if not a radicalization of astrological community, definitely um, facilitates the increase of more intersectional astrology, so bringing in more radical political analysis, both in education, certification, and community
1: Awesome, care to share your your SMR?
3: Yes, I am a Leo sun and an Aquarius moon with a cancer rising.
1: Full moon baby.
3: Full moon baby, (laughs) rule on the chart.
1: Awesome, thank you. Um, And Ari.
4: Hey y'all, first of all, it's such an honor to be here um, with the three of you, Uh, Ari Felix. I currently reside in central Pennsylvania, which is Susquehanna land, um, by way of Brooklyn, New York, by way of Puerto Rico. I've been studying and uh, practicing astrology for a little over a decade now. Um, I started with like modern slash um, poor, inf- poor information on the internet <laughs> and then I got my diploma in astropsychology from the Academy of Astropsychology. And then the past several years I've been studying traditional. So similar to Bear and Sam have this merging of all three um, with a focus on natal astrology for sure and using it as a tool for decolonization, and helping people create a reference point outside of the constructs, Um, yeah and Leo Rising, Scorpio Sun, Pisces Moon.
2: Oh, wow. wow.
4: Yeah, you and Sam are like the
1: same, yeah.
2: mixed
0: up. Yeah, <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> I don't know. There's actually someone else in our community. You might. I don't know if you know them, All right. Do you know Daniela Veras?
4: Oh, um, just like online. Yeah.
2: Yeah, she so has Familiar. a similar setup as you.
4: <laughs> oh, where That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you all for taking the time to introduce yourself and share your SMR. I'm making SMR a thing. I like Let's it. I really,
2: I like it. I always Let's say in the legs the of your chart, which seems confusing for people. They're like, what do you mean my legs? Um, but SMR, <laughs> I mean, once they know, it's like, you know, that's cool. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's like ASL. but like
2: ASL, exactly.
1: For, for the new millennium. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so... The first question I wanted to ask you guys was what drew you to astrology? Um, And I think, I mean, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave that out there and, and have you guys answer that. Um, Whoever, whoever wants to go first.
3: (laughs) I mean, mine was very simple. Um, I'm a Leo and my (laughs) grandmother was born three days before me. So you can bet that a Leo grandparent was very, very keen on making sure that I understood how awesome it was to be a Leo. Um, it makes Leo sound really self-centered right now, but it was definitely that, like, oh, I have a cool sun sign. I'm the, the the king of the zodiac. Let me learn <laughs> much more about it. Um, and then from there, I was right around the same time that I got really into activism and quite, quite deep into studies of Buddhism. And so I started thinking about astrology as you know, maybe the timer for how we determine when to reincarnate. Um, so it just kind of made sense with a lot of my interests. Um, yeah. So really simple thing that just landed like, and I think a lot of folks have described it as kind of remembering the first couple of books I got was like, Oh yeah, I know this stuff. This, of course, how could I have forgotten? And then here I am today.
1: Yeah. I definitely, I talk about the remembering thing a lot because that's exactly how it felt to me too. Like, like you're just downloading information that you've already it's already been there before in some lifetime in the past. And um yeah, there is this huge sense of like just remembering. I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought that up. Um anyone else? Ari, Sam? I can
4: Ar- go. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and it was why astrology? Remember the question? Or, uh, what, what, drew you, what,
1: drew you, what drew you to what astrology? astrology?
4: Uh, yeah, so I always tell the story because to me it's hilarious but it's probably not that funny but I was like on the internet my senior year of high school so I was like 15, 16 and um, I, like, randomly found this Zodiac page that was, like, looking back, really just not recommended. <laughs> At the time, I, like, read Scorpio, and I was, like, oh, my God. I was, like, this is everything that I haven't been able to articulate. That was Scorpio Stellium, so it was just, like, oh, you know, and I, I read it, and I remember crying because I just felt mm. so seen. Like, I'd never been that seen, and so then mm. um, I became obsessed. So I would like do all my schoolwork and all of that. And I would stay up till like two or three in the morning um, reading like anything I could get my hands on, you know, books, articles. Um, And so it was definitely that remembering thing. It was definitely that resonance and and feeling seen. And then um, it really broke me open into this indigenous understanding of like our relationship to the earth and astrology being an earth-based language and, you know, the planets as living entities, like everything being a living entity in its own way, you know, Um, and so it was, I was just like, oh, this has, like, this just, of course, you know, of course, like, um, and really developing this relationship with the star relatives, um, a relationship of conversation You know, so I've had like formal education and I, you know, I take study very seriously. And at the same time, it's like been a big remembering of learning how to listen and observe and and watch and be still. Um, So all of those things drew me to it. And um, I also appreciated like the depth and the breadth of it. You know, there's so many different sects and so many different applications and schools of thought and, you know, it's, and Yet, ultimately, it's just inherently magical, you know, like, to believe that these, like, rocks or stars in the sky have anything to do with us, you know?
1: Yeah. I love how you just said, like, of course, because that's kind of how it felt for me, too. Just, like, yeah, like, this, it just made sense. Like, once you started to read about it a little bit, I mean, I know Sam didn't <laughs> feel this way, <laughs> <laughs> sam will tell Sam will tell a story about coming into it as a skeptic, but um, yeah, for me, I very much felt like, oh yeah, like this is the answer to all my questions around like why things are maybe not why, but like how things work, and at least there's mm-hmm. like this correlation that just made so much sense to me, um you know, especially because I had battled like trying to reconcile Christianity in my mind since I was a baby. That's, I guess, <laughs> what happens when you're like a ninth house son. You're like, which also I have like Pluto and Mars conjunct my son in the ninth. So these questions around like, mm-hmm. yeah, but if, if God's like good, why why is he punishing mm-hmm. you? Like, I don't,
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought he was
1: supposed to love us. Like all of that stuff that I, I had been like, battling and reckoning inside of my head for you know my entire adolescence and then to have to find astrology and it's just like duh like like you said the correlation between the natural world and how it's an earth-based art slash science slash language whatever um it just clicked for me and it made sense so I feel you on that um but yeah let's hear from Sam
2: well (laughs) I I just want to say to so, Ari, I, I, I'm glad you made, well, not only did I find what you said very beautiful, but also it becomes a statement about how, quote unquote, bad sources can really become a conduit. You know, I know a lot of people who poo-poo sun sign astrology and mm-hmm. dog horoscopes, not recognizing that it's the gateway drug for, for many of us. And, <laughs> yeah. um in a way of opening things, especially that you felt seen. Because there's some people, you know, who've had sessions who don't have that experience, right? Mm -hmm. You know, with sessions with astrologers is what I meant, you know, just to be clear. But for me, you know, as Shakira alluded to, I I hated astrology. So (laughs) I, I actually got into it. And I hated it for a sun sign related reason. I'm November 22nd. And so I'm on this putative cusp. And whenever I would like try to figure out which I was, you know, I would look at some papers or some things that would say Scorpio, and then others that would say Sagittarius. So it boiled down to like, if I had to choose between being the arachnid and the centaur, (laughs) I definitively would pick the centaur, of course, you know, whatever, I guess. And it took, you know, having a crush on a Gemini for me to get toward (laughs) the truth. And it was a Gemini, an older Gemini woman um, who did not, you know, reciprocate my affections, but she was very kind to me. And she's like, "Yeah, I think you're a Scorpio." And I was like, Of course not. I don't think so. I mean, I, I, maybe some of it, the passion and whatever, but you know, I you know, I definitely want to have the adventure. I didn't know about the ninth house Sun. Long story short, I met up with an astrologer, and he actually focused in on some dynamics in my family that went beyond guesswork. Um, pretty much the first 15 minutes of the session to seem like, you know, anything anyone could figure out from sight reading, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, you seem like a smart guy. You know, in my head, I said, like, didn't I tell you I was in the PhD program? I mean, like chances are, I'm not an idiot. So let's do better here. Right. And then he did blew me away. And that actually set me flowing and proved that I was a Scorpio. Cause I was like, how did he know my secrets? I didn't know my (laughs) family secrets. What is this? This is trickery. <laughs> this is complete trickery. And so I spent 10 years trying to unravel what his secret might have been only to become an astrologer. So that's pretty <laughs> much kind of how it ended up for me.
1: I love that. There, one of the earliest books I, I read, which I think it's like astrology, a space age science or something like that. Mm. Um, mm-hmm was written by someone who was a skeptic and like set out to disprove astrology and ended up you know becoming oh. an astrologer
2: <laughs> do you know do you remember who it was
1: i don't it was no. it was this very small thin book um astrology something something science i think it was like a space age science or something um but in the beginning he talked about that how he set out to disprove it and then Ended up writing a book about it. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, I think another question I have is how did you learn astrology? Because um, obviously there are so many different ways of going about it. I think you know at least I, at least Ari and I and probably Bear um, came to it via the internet, right? Um, and just googling and searching, uh, and so, yeah, I'm curious as to like each of your journeys with it. I mean, of course, you know, as astrologers, we or most of us, at least, will always say that we're lifetime students and we're always learning, and that's very true. Um, but in terms of like getting the fundamentals down, and um, you know, I'm curious about your lineage and your process and um yeah where your sources not your sources but like your uh the people that you learned from and all of that so can I jump
2: in with this yeah please yeah I'm kind of anxious for that because there's especially what you just said about you know how the three of you I mean because you're I don't don't know I don't know your age bear and
3: 32 (laughs) I'll be 33 (laughs) in a couple weeks
2: all right and and Ari (laughs) I don't know your age you don't have to develop if you don't want to but 26 um, 26 okay so you're you know along a similar spectrum um and why i mention that is for a very simple reason because you had the internet i think that's both your advantage and disadvantage what i mean by that um because i know like some older astrologers may you've countered i don't know may have poo-pooed you and i i think especially for millennials and i can like i see i advantage and disadvantage. And why I say that is that my trajectory in learning astrology started from getting books from uh, someone in my graduate school housing after, after I told her that I had this, you know, brilliant, strange encounter with an astrologer. I think she set me on the next stage of flowing because I was telling her about my my process or my, you know, the, the appointment. And then she, you know, I asked her, I like, well, when's your birthday? Oh, November 22nd. Wait, what year? 1967, my year. I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, the same year? Yeah, but we're really different, are we? Okay, now this is freaky. <laughs> so, and you have books on astrology? She was, like, she was like, yeah. So I borrowed her books, and it was like the only way to learn astrology books. And I think um, there's one other book, but those are the main books I remember. Then the other part of my education became going to Barnes and Noble or Borders, if you remember Borders
3: mm-hmm. um,
2: and buying books there and what books I couldn't buy or this seemed too much because I wanted to buy the whole shelf. I would read there and stay there and, you know, take notes or save up until I could actually buy it or see if I wanted to buy that particular book. And so for my first 10 years of studying astrology, um, in Philadelphia, that's pretty much my education because I didn't know any other astrologers. I didn't meet other astrologers until I, go, I got to New York. And I bring this up because a lot of older folks who studied astrology, like, well, you know, these kids, they don't know anything. This everything off the internet. I'm like, well, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily much better than our education. It's just a little faster because you had access to more. Now you have access to more sources, but everything was just so slow you know, in terms of the books, and still it was a crapshoot because it wasn't until years later that I could make more decisions on like, this book sucks, this book mm-hmm. doesn't, you know? So there's more ways in which, and that's why I said the advantage in terms of what's happening now is that you can get materials more accessibly and, and faster than what my generation could do. And then it was when I got to New York I started meeting astrology teachers and I had really the, this most deep encounter where I looked up this, this man, his name is Gail Armistead, um, he's now passed, and I was wanting to learn rectification. I didn't know how to do it, but I wanted to do my own charts and then some people who didn't know their birth time, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn rectification. And I went to see him and I thought maybe we could just do a class on rectification, you know, and then I'll just sit there in his Manhattan apartment and he'll just teach me about rectification. Cause you can learn it in just one session. Right. I thought, <laughs> and so he started asking me questions like, well, where did you study at my house? Um, with books, whatever. With whom did you study? Nobody. Um, and then he started you know, probing a little more. And then he, then he said it, which you've heard me say online. I think secure and bear a few times. I don't know if you're online on, on Twitter, Ari. If you are, oh, you are. Okay. Um, he he asked me. I don't. He said, I don't know what you don't know. And I was like, okay. I, I, I don't even know what I don't know now that you put you know position it. Well, why don't you go to this conference, NCGR conference in the city? and, you know, see if you can meet some people and maybe you study with someone to come back or you could take an exam, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was another white man brushing me off. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I'm going to go to this conference, you, and then we'll see. And I'm going to come back here and you're going to teach me rectification. Um, <laughs> I never got back to him, but it did set me on my path to meeting more teachers, going towards certification. And um, I studied with Alan Oken. you know, people in... New York, John Marcasella, I'm um, blanking on some of my teachers now, um, I can see his face, but Mark, Mark's last name, anyway, it's not coming to me right now, but uh, I studied with town, and then I started going to conferences and taking classes there, and uh, that, that's kind of like the trajectory, and then I signed up for Robert Zoller's online course and program. Um, when he, when it seemed to be under his control. And Christopher Warnock, in terms of studying astrological magic. Um, and that's kind of, you know, just to give you like the short list, but that's kind of my arc. So I've studied various forms of astrology and I'm studying, even now, studying vibrational astrology that um, has largely been created by David Cochran. Cool.
1: How long... Like, obviously, like you said, you're still studying, but how long did it take from, you know, the beginning of your studies to feel like you were ready to start giving readings or at least charging for
2: readings? Um, 12 years. So from 1990 to 2002. Now, Mm. that's when I started offering readings professionally. I started giving readings I would say pretty much I remember my earliest readings were like 93 so three years and you have to understand it was with an eye on disproving astrology so I was giving readings as more a test to see like I was just waiting for someone to say like yeah that doesn't make sense
3: Mm.
2: (laughs) you know or (laughs) yeah I don't know you know so I would actually look at the books and you know, see this chart. I learned enough about it, and this was all—it com- was computerized. I didn't learn how to do a chart by hand until much later. But um, I was like, okay, so this would mean this, this, and this makes sense to you. Oh my God, how did you know that? <laughs> okay. So that was. So it wasn't. It wasn't readings where I I took any money. It didn't come much later until donation. The only reason why I started taking donations is I had. spent I was spending so much time in prep. And I remember I, you know, this at this point, I wasn't with the eye of disproving it. This must've been near my, just before leaving Philly. So this was like 98, 99. And I did a reading for a woman we met at XL. Do you remember Exendel Cafe or? She's Mm -hmm. like, no, okay. (laughs) It was Exendel, it was like the precursor to Starbucks. And I met her at XNL Cafe, and um, I had spent hours on prepping for a chart and then stayed with her for an hour and a half. And um, she seemed to resonate with everything I said, was very appreciative. And she said, well, this has been great, Sam. Can I pay for your tea? Oh, yeah, sure. You could, you know, in terms of the donations, sure, you could pay for my tea. But that was the moment where I realized I need to ask for a donation at a minimum because yeah. I'm not working for tea.
1: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for sharing that.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for asking.
1: Um, Ari, how about you? How did you learn astrology? What's your trajectory been like?
4: Yeah. So senior year of high school, that's when I started reading on the internet. Um, and then it wasn't until my early 20s, I think I was like, oh, it's it's blurry, but like mm-hmm. 2021 20, that I got into academy. Um, and that was a three-year program at the time. Um, and so that was the Academy of Astro-Psychology, which is founded by Glenn Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was a lot of... Internet articles, but also um, that's where I found like important pieces of my lineage. So at that time, and even still now, I was avidly reading Moon Pluto Astrology's blog. Um, she she's like the only astrologer that I've worked with over all this time, like over the last ten years. Um, so I was reading everything that she wrote, and I was also reading Mystic Medusa, um, and. Yeah, so and like you know, having readings with Eliza from Moon Pluto, and then Mystic Medusa offers like resources and like not workshops but learning materials and doing that. And so, in addition to that, um, non non articles, I don't think there was anyone, if there was, it wasn't anyone that like stuck. So, those were my two until, um, like my two online mentors, so to speak, until I entered academy, and then, um. After that is, I think I started charging, but it was like $20, <laughs> like it was basically like donation-based, I think I had like 15 to $30 or something that you could do, um, so yeah, I was very cautious, so like if I started in the senior year of high school and I was like 16, that was like five years before I even entered academy, I'm terrible with linear time, but um <laughs> I was like really, I didn't want anyone to like call me an astrologer. And like my friends and family were like, oh, you should do this. And like, you know, um, you should like charge with this stuff. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, I'm not an astrologer, you know, like this is just for fun or, you know, I'm still learning and whatever. So I was taking it very seriously, but I was also, um, I had to reconcile a lot of dogmatic residue from my strict religious upbringing so there was still some fear that I was um, navigating in my relationship with astrology, which is part of why I had to like make my way to like an indigenous-based understanding of it at the time to reconcile that, like, okay, God created astrology, you know. Um, and then what was,
2: what was your upbringing? What religion?
4: Um, several. So I grew up Pentecostal until like the age of ten, and then it was Christianity, and then around eleven. Or twelve, it was messianic Judaism, and then it was Orthodox Judaism for a couple of years, then Conservative Judaism, and then Reform Judaism. <laughs> wow! Oh. So mostly Judaism, actually, um, which actually has so like such a deep relationship with astrology, like such an ancient relationship with astrology. Like there are hundreds of synagogues that have like zodiac art on their ceilings, and they're like really old. Um, places of worship. So yeah, so I, I was like being respectful of like, the tradition and also um, navigating my own fears around it. And then I ended up like slowly, um, like ceasing my practice of religion, like my identification with religion. And so yeah, so then after Academy, I started Um, that's when I like made a site and like people could purchase readings and it was really just friends and family for a while. Um, and so then it was like four years ago, I guess it really has been more than 10 years now, now (laughs) but like four years ago, um, that's when I launched saltwater stars. And so that's the, like the most professional practice that I've, I've had since I started Studying. Cool, thanks. I know I everyone could follow my uh, moon and Pisces. <laughs> I think That's we felt, that way. felt <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. Um,
3: um,
1: yeah, Bear, how about you?
3: I'll get super dry with it with this Aquarius moon for you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like a lot of young folks, I definitely started on the internet. Um, Definitely Skyscript.co.uk, which is Dev holding site, uh, was one of the kind of how I learned the basics. A combination of that and just scouring Barnes and Noble and Borders and also uh, Pegasus, which is a local new and used bookstore. So, you know, one like half of a tall bookshelf only astrology stuff. Like, it was kind of a lot. Um, so I was lucky enough to get mostly good used books there, like a lot of Stephen Arroyo, um, Stephen Forrest some Rob Hand. Um, So I feel like I got a really good grasp in the modern, modern psychological tradition. Um, I got really into evolutionary astrology as I started watching more folks on YouTube when YouTube became a thing, because I remember when there was no YouTube. um, Definitely not, um, not any good astro content in the beginning either. So for me, it was a lot of reading stuff on my own, um, definitely all through high school. And I think I gave my first reading to a friend of a friend, literally at a party, like, oh, you have some question? Oh, yeah, I know astrology. Oh, you want me to do a party trick? Yeah, okay, I'll look at your chart. And I think I saw like a Saturn-Mars conjunction and was like, oh, your your father and your son have a really tight relationship and something, something. And mind was blown. Years later, she like shoulder tapped me on the street. Hey, years ago, you told me about this thing um but it wasn't until a lot later like um until actually 2 years ago that i charged for a paid reading so i think for me it was like very informal education that i was matching with my own observation there was a site called the future minders that i remember checking out a lot and just following my daily horoscope and figuring out like what what aspect it was based on and then watching throughout the day to see if i noticed that myself um and so for a long time, that and journaling and little scribbles and notes and like time stamps on all my journal entries for like a decade, um, just going through and seeing what was what. But um, like in terms of really formal education that came about in 2016, 17, kind of felt like I had learned as much as I could and then started hearing bits and pieces of concepts I'd never, never come across. Um, so I started studying with Sonia Francis, who was a student of John Marshall Marcasala. Marcasala. Mm-hmm. Marshall, Um, so definitely like that lineage I'm very aware of. Um, and then I've studied with Wade caves, um, in his, well, in S- the school of traditional astrology is where I did my Horary practitioner course. I guess I'm skipping apart in the middle so much for linear time telling a part in the middle. um, Sonia Francis is the one who told me about Norwalk, and Norwalk is where I learned about the Washington State Association of Astrologers. So I got a really small taste, just a day and a half in NORWAC, um, that I was able to kind of squeeze in really last minute and got hooked. And then from that point on, I went to every single Wasson meeting during the time that I was living in Washington. So got to hear Richard Tarnas speak and Kelly Surtees and Wade Caves and you know, Maurice Fernandez, Jen Zart was actually my very first uh, WASA talk. So I just kind of floored, like, whoa, people with PhDs are into astrology. Like, it's not just weird hippies that don't like school. <laughs> this is absolutely crazy. Um, and so, like, from there, just being exposed to so, so many different people. I had the chance to have some mentoring with, um, with Laura Nelbandian through her work with OPA. And so I kind of count my lineages, like... Um, there's a lot of teachers that I've just come across and a lot of stuff that was um, from students of Jeffrey Wolf Green. that have been really, really important in my astrological uh, path, path and practice, um, but definitely Deb Holding. I mean, my very first exposure to trying to get more than the basics was through her website and then full circle, like 12 plus years later, I got to study with her directly and then learning from Wade, kind of um, his take based on being a student of hers. Um, And then definitely Chris Brennan with his Hellenistic and electional courses, um, and knowing that he's, you know, deeply steeped in, you know, everybody who was teaching at Project Hindsight. Um, So it feels like a few different lineages that I know are very much a part of my astrological um, upbringing, so to speak. And then realizing that, you know, those folks, even if there isn't a direct line of continuity and like lineage and teaching, that... You know, getting in in with those project hindsight folks and their students um, really like connects us back as far as we can get in the like documented historical tradition. So, kind of feels like part of that remembering is also like remembering that the lineage um, has been around for for tons and tons of generations.
1: Yeah, yeah i i I wanted to ask this question because, like, my i I feel like. Well, at least for me, I didn't – I never really had, like, a direct teacher. Um, I did take a couple, maybe, like, two in-person classes with Rebecca Gordon in New York um, when I first got – you know, when I first started really studying, maybe a couple years into it. But um, I never – that's something I've always craved: was having like a teacher I could I could talk to about astrology and kind of like bounce my thoughts off of, um, and never really had. And I think it's funny you mentioned like 2015, 16 bear because I think that Saturn and Sag period of time was like really big for a lot of um, millennial astrologers in terms of like us. Like I, I hear that a lot that that time period. Um, Mm -hmm. in terms of like when we were kind of getting more serious about our studies, which Saturn and Sag, I guess that makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's my 10th house and, um, my Mercury is there. And that's when I was really like, I need a teacher. Like I need a way to synthesize all of this information that I've been, um, you know, taking from books and websites and podcasts, and you know i I needed someone to help me synthesize it all and i didn't get that <laughs> but i but it forced me to figure it out myself and to get really serious about that um, and you know through talking to a lot of gen Z astrologers um i I feel like that's that's an insecurity for a lot of younger astros and um just not really knowing like where to go to put all of this information together because again we're synthesizing stuff from like the whole world wide web right um mm-hmm. and then on top of that now there's Esther twitter and like you know there's social media on top of all that now whereas before we were learning that wasn't the case either so um i guess i wanted to ask you guys like what do you think what would you um, advise you know a 21 22 year old astrologer who is like wants to become an astrologer like is down to put in all of the time and effort and energy into studying and learning but don't really they don't really know where to begin like what would you suggest for them and anyone can go
2: anybody want to start Okay. <laughs> yeah. Harry's waiting for me. Yeah, I, I can I can dive in first. Then, I mean, what, what I've I've heard, not just in this call, but also in podcasts, but other astrologers, I am a fan of kind of stumbling along first a little bit. Um, when I say stumbling along, piecing together things. I'm kind of a fan of it, even though that might seem counterintuitive to how I might sound sometimes, Um, because one, you have to kind of figure out is this something I really am interested in? You know, because we all have had those moments where we're like, oh, this is fascinating, and then like forgot about it, you know. So it's kind of good to kind of have that sampling moment until like you realize, almost like an orisha, like a spirit astrology is riding you right and mm-hmm. that's kind of what i heard and what you were talking about Ari. right it rides you which is kind of also my relationship to it because i didn't want to be an astrologer right it wouldn't leave me alone it kept showing up it's like aren't you interested in me hey look what about that book <laughs> no i don't want to no okay you go to that and it 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 keeps pulling you in so i think the first step is kind of falling for it in a sense, mm-hmm. and that requires fluidity to be able to do that you know um that 's something that 's probably true for all of us as we talked about it it's not it 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 is it does require fluidity, so I definitely wouldn't necessarily recommend someone just starting off if they 've just been introduced to astrology find a teacher because it 's like that may not be your teacher it may not be even someone who really you're hooked into so <laughs> it's okay to kind of look at everything, but I would recommend and and advise like be a student and enough to realize, question it, you know, be open to thinking about well, why is that? And don't be afraid to ask why, you know, we just think like when we learn in astrology that this is just astrology and many teachers even teach it that way. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is astrology, not recognizing that there are astrologies, right? And once you kind of discover there's astrologies, then you can kind of start seeing like, where do I fit? You may not fit in one little cubby hole as much as like there's one particular thread that that kind of wins its way into your heart and your mind and you stay along that track. So I would probably say it's good to kind of stumble along and just see what you, you find initially. And then... I, I am a fan of like looking at books. Don't stay in just one track. Like if you found astrology through YouTube, don't just stay hooked into YouTube astrologers. Mm-hmm. If you found it through books, don't just stay with books. Start looking at live interactions and in YouTube and things like that. Look at magazines like the Mountain Astrologer or anything else we have out there, whatever it comes from from the UK. Um, and then the biggest thing is come to meet live astrologers as soon as you can, because you'll even accelerate your learning. I mean, at some point after you've kind of studied, you know, go to a conference, because with the magic of a conference, this is why I'm so big on like getting people to conferences like Norwalk and whatever. Something magical happens once you get to a conference, even if it's virtual, and Ari, you probably can attest to this more or not. Um, you get there and you're like, you know, as you start talking to astrologers and you start talking to people who are speakers and you also start talking to other people who've been studying for a while, you get to a point like, oh, yeah, I can, I can hang with you mofos. Okay. You know, I held my own a little bit. You know, yeah. <laughs> okay. Jen Zer, I saw you, but I hung tough, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, That's and. That's like an exact quote
4: of me, Sam. <laughs> <that
2: a quote. laughs> yeah, but I've seen it. You say you get to this point. I felt it myself. Like, oh, okay, whatever. Let's go. And especially for people of color, you know, cause it's like, when we have these moments, not that we we doubt ourselves so much, but to see ourselves on parity with the people that we read and studied, then we can start to see more, a different trajectory for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that is really important in terms of what I see, but yeah, that's my way in, you know. I love that,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like the in-person part is crucial, but even more so just like finding other people to talk to about astrology right. is just, that is such a big, that's huge. And I think, you know, with social media, there it's there, but I still find people who are like just craving community. And my, my um, monthly meetup, Deep Seekers, kind of exists for those people because I've definitely been that person like I started getting really into astrology when I was 11 or 12 Jupiter return um and people were, were just like you're annoying like shut up I don't care if that boy's a Virgo and, and, you're, and you're into him um but and that was that was how it was when I was you know when I was really getting into it in college too like no one was into astrology and that was just me at parties, um, flirting with people by, you know, reading their chart. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think for me, a big part of like a, a huge stepping stone for me was I met this girl, Caitlin on Reddit and it was just the most random someone, it was like a random Reddit post um you know not had nothing to do with astrology but someone said something about astrology like talking shit and then I saw this person like defending astrology and I was like what this is happening like so I dm'd them and we talked for like two two or three years and that was the first person um that you know I could actually talk to about all of this and you realize that like that's when really like it becomes a language and you're realizing that you're speaking this, this language to someone. Um, And to have someone else to speak your language with is everything. Um, And yeah, you learn so much more when you have another person to, to kind of like bounce these ideas off of and just speak about um, these things that you're learning. Like she was the first person to get me out of using Clacidus. She's like, have you tried equal houses? And that's, how I got into equal and then eventually Holstein, um, through the astrology podcast. But yeah, I think I'm just happy you brought that up about conferences because it is really magical. Um, but even outside of that, just like being able to, to speak this language with another person is like huge in, in terms of learning. Um, yeah, Bear or Ari, do you guys have anything to add in terms of like what you would suggest for a young astro?
4: I really loved everything that um you said sam because i'm very adamant about like maintaining your sovereignty when you're learning anything but especially a craft um and like being in right relationship to astrology and i think like without having that language that's what i was trying to do as a team you know i was like oh i don't want to say like you know i don't want to claim this yet you know because i'm like playing with it i'm questioning it i'm learning it um but and also like what you said bears. which by the way when you were telling your semi-linear story (laughs) I realized I forgot so many things about mine but anyway (laughs) um like journaling you know like reading and journaling like I did a lot of that and like Sam was saying like reading books um which ironic that I forgot to mention them as I have three huge stacks in front of me right now (laughs) about (laughs) astrology Um, but reading and journaling about that and like, um, self-studies, you know, my first couple years were self-study and I was also homeschooled. So like, I understand I have that orientation towards self-study and self-education, um, with my mom, like doing unschooling and stuff like that. And so I try to like bring that to the table as well. Um, but you know, cause of course I have clients that are, you know, like, okay, how can I learn more, you know? And I'm like, take your time you know, like, start reading, and, like, there is no, like Sam was kind of saying, like, there's no one definitive source, you know, Um, and I think sometimes there's this urge to, you know, this very dogmatic urge, makes sense, because a lot of us have been conditioned that way, to find the way, the truth, and the light, astrologically, you know, and it doesn't exist, and so I'm glad that I, you know, like Sam was saying earlier, I'm glad that I was, like, on the internet and like reading these random books and like, you know, some of like, they weren't all consistently in the same school of thought, you know, and then having to contrast on my own, like developing critical thinking skills, I think is um, an initial step in learning any craft or engaging with any information. And one that is, um, you know, missing from the way that dominant culture presents education uh, to the detriment of, you know, of course, everyone, but including the astrological community. And so maintaining that, um, that sovereignty in your learning process and like, you know, like I had to wrestle with my, my inherited like religious dogma, you know, like, and then all the shoulders have to wrestle with the fate versus free will thing, you know, like there are so many things and it's such an ancient craft. And so, um, journaling and like self-reflection, like I was very serious and adamant in. early years of my education that I was doing it to learn about myself first you know before I could be like let me like tell you about yourself you know um and then of course that initiates you into the realization that all of this shit is non-linear and cyclical you know and you never stop learning right and I think that um coming in with that understanding as well and then you know there are yeah, at this point, especially there's so many beautiful, like beginner courses and like, you know, one and workshops and all these things that brilliant people in the astrological community are offering. And so if you're not afraid to, um, you know, maintain curiosity, even if it seems contradictory at times, you can engage with content and people with the intent of figuring out what resonates with you, like Sam was saying, you know, like the first teacher you encounter may not be your teacher. You know, so I went to the Academy of Astro Psychology, but I wouldn't say that that was like my teacher, you know, it was just a program that I did. So yeah, that's my two cents. Awesome.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. I want to echo so much that both that all y'all have said, um, but definitely like feel you, Ari, and like <clears throat> it's so important to have a variety to really explore as many different types of astrology and astrologies as possible. Um, One thing I want to definitely recommend is to like, don't limit your astrological studies to astrology. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sports are a really great way to see what's up with Mars. Um, Like following film is a really, really great way. Any like, whether it's books or film or TV shows, like whatever sort of um, scripted, non-real thing that you enjoy watching or ingesting is going to show you a lot of really interesting ways that the planets interact with one another so like really and then if you do decide to become an astrologer you know ari and i were talking about this earlier today you know sometimes the best way to explain something to a client isn't to get really technical about the planets and venus was in this phase and it just moved back into visibility and be like that's like kim kardashian and for some folks like that's all you need to say
1: Mm -hmm. right so like
3: there's (laughs) The language of astrology is its one thing is its own thing, but to be able to translate that into a bunch of different dialects that clients are going to understand is a different step. Um, exactly. I really, really want to echo what Sam said about get in person with astrologers as soon as you can. Um, you know for me, I think it was almost 15 years until I started being around other people who were serious or even enthusiastic students of astrology, not just folks who are like, "I know my rising sign too." which is great if that's you know the, the astrology that works for you. Um, getting in person gives you the opportunity to see how to put that astrology into practice in a way that books and even watching YouTube videos never really will. Um, and then one thing I want to suggest to especially beginners is to start simple and work with one planet. Like The moon is the easiest because you're going to get like instead of waiting 30 years, like with Saturn, to see each sign of the Zodiac, you can do it in 28 days. Um, and then, yeah, like both Ari and Sam, everyone's been been mentioning how much astrology is something you'll learn forever. There is no ending point. I think it is very much like, like graduating through each of those different planets with its various length cycles. Um, you know, just because you hit your Saturn return doesn't mean you've mastered Saturn. It means you've seen just enough to be like, I know Saturn in 12 different languages, but then there's that second return, that third return. And um, yeah, so like be curious. And I think, I guess the best thing to say is like, if you hit a point where you think you know everything, go talk to somebody who studies something you've never heard of, you think is didn't exist. Like I thought zodiacal releasing was some made up stuff. And then (laughs) once I realized that I was like, oh wait, what? There's like real texts that talk about this. Okay, damn, I'm going to have to learn about zodiacal releasing now because I can't be, I can't be, one, talking out my ass, but two, like, I don't want to be out of the loop on some whole different type of astrology that exists or some technique that exists um, because it's something that is uncomfortable or that I haven't heard of before.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just to like triple echo (laughs) what we were saying with, you know, a lot of us touched on around getting in person with astrologers. Um, even if that doesn't seem possible for you right now, I mean, obviously we have the internet. I think something that people could be doing more of is just get like getting other people who are interested in astrology and reading each other's charts, like just do chart swap, like reading swaps. Um, I love talking to astrologers and having them look at my charts because they'll look at things and they'll bring up things that you just could did not see and would not see um and so doing swaps and i think most astrologers are are into that too like i mean i i personally love having my chart read by other astrologers and i often i did two readings with sam in the past like three months (laughs) so um so yeah i think that's another thing if you're at this place where you know you're wanting to know more um, and you're not really sure how to go about that. then, like finding other people who are into astrology um, on social or you know in your friend groups or whatever, and just like do it talking about it together and talking about each other's charts. um you'll learn so much that way.
3: I want to like add to that the uh, the beginning readings where you're like, pay me five bucks or Um, the trades definitely but I think those first really small fees just bring the right type of like I don't know if it's pressure or if it's like a here is your opportunity to rise to the occasion but it really facilitates bringing a different level um, of delineation and like maybe if not professionalism like there is a certain amount of like groundedness in the act of providing astrological consultation being like a a sacred thing or its own like very important uh, entity or experience. And then um, cold readings. Like there's no coffee shops right now that you could do this in. But one of the ways that really sharpened my skills was offering like 15, 20 minute readings where you don't have time to prep beforehand. Somebody sits down in front of you and you're like, cool, let me pull up your thing on Astro Gold on my phone. And I'm going to look for three seconds and I have to start talking now. Um, It kind of teaches you one like how to zero in but also that you don't have to say the entire chart to give somebody something very valuable sometimes you just talk about this one transit to your moon and -hmm. that's the whole thing you know like yeah that's that's the tweet
1: yeah (laughs) i realized that i i did in 2018 was when i was first kind of starting to be like like get on the scene i guess um and started to do more readings at like events and especially local stuff. I was in a third house perfection and I was just doing, I was all over Brooklyn (laughs) and Manhattan doing readings. And um, I realized, you know, in, in 2019 when I like relaunched my practice and like really started charging like a, a, like a amount that wasn't just like $50, I guess. um, When I really started to like get clients, I realized that all of those mini readings I did at events, like probably hundreds, um, prepared me so well to be able to just like, get look at a chart and um, start talking to someone about it. And it really helped me kind of solidify my method. Um, so yeah, I highly, highly suggest that like doing mini readings 1520 minutes, um, I would charge, I think, like $25 for a 15 minute, uh, mini reading at these events. And, you know, I don't know how that's happening in the world of COVID, but I still feel like there's, that's a possibility for people. Um, And I would say, I would highly recommend. I would also say, sorry, I'm like taking up so much of this, but something that just came to me is the fact that at least on Twitter, I see a lot of people doing um, like text read, like they'll just type readings out to people and like just delineate people's charts. Totally like good practice, I think a great thing to do for a lot of people, but um, there's nothing like a live conversation with someone. And like, I think, you know, it might seem scary, but you're going to surprise yourself. I promise you that you'll surprise, you'll surprise yourself with how much you know, and then also how much deeper you're, you're able to get once you're like talking to someone and asking them questions. So you can have a dialogue about, you know, what you're seeing and then correlate that to what's happening in their lives. Um, I think, yeah, I think that it's definitely worth it to take that leap, maybe, maybe before you think you're ready, um, because you get into the meat of it a lot, a lot faster that way. So that kind of um, brings me to my next question, which is, how do you use astrology both in your everyday life? Um, and then also with clients like what's your like I guess like the branches that you use or the techniques that you use um yeah whoever wants to go unless you guys want me to like you know designate I can do that too <laughs> my Aries moon is down to, to do that <laughs> anyone anyone okay Sam you go <laughs> I was
4: gonna say someone else can go first I feel like I have to, <laughs> all this water, I have to like gather all my data. Right?
2: But you have the A name, so you know. Yeah. No. You know, we got okay. A. You know, we should go in order. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> what's the question again?
1: How do How do you, <laughs> That's right. I knew you were about to ask me that. Um, how do you use astrology in your life? How do I use life? astrology
2: right in everyday life and with my and clients? with clients, yeah. Right. Okay. In everyday life, um, I mean, I do pay attention to the moon. I'll say it sometimes um, <laughs> because there are certain true to what Bear talked about, starting with the moon. I mean, I think. Well, first, can I just say this? I think that we're dope right now, right? I just think you know when whoever's listening to this, I want to. <laughs> I want you to know that I think this is a great premium content, not just because I'm on it. um (laughs) I think it's really solid advice I wish I had gotten right Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: I think you know it's great that it's coming from people of color talking about this particular stuff and it's not just obviously for people of color so who's ever listening I think this is for anybody and everybody so I'm really proud and and happy that we're dispensing quality information not that I had doubts but it's just like Oh, this is really good. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'm biased. Okay. But I think (laughs) true to what Bear was talking about, starting with the moon, because I definitely believe in the the power of the moon. So I have just been observing my relationship to the moon for decades. And so, you know, and some moons speak louder than others, not just per your chart, but your encounter with it, because sometimes you can't even predict it. So that's how i talk about crypto moon like the moon in taurus the transiting moon in taurus just to be specific it's kind of a time frame for me where i you know i do this thing that i'm kind of allergic to like i have to relax i don't like relaxing (laughs) you know it's like a four-letter word for me but that's kind of the the challenge um or when the moon is in cancer and how that might play out with my wife and i in terms of some dynamics so i think in terms of my everyday life, I do pay attention to some moons more than others. Like the moon in Gemini is excellent for writing for me and things like that. Obviously lunar returns, moon in Leo, it's like, oh, hey, you know. So I think that's one way in which it comes in my daily life. And um, trying to take advantage of things. Um, every now and again, I get into the planetary hours and you know I have that on my, so when I say every now and again, um, it depends on what I wanna do and doing that, I mean, my life centers around astrology, both in terms of organizations, doing clients, you know, clientele, teaching. So like, you know, on some level, it's a 12 hour day for me related to astrology. And maybe there's four hours when I'm not doing it. Maybe I'm like taking a nap or I'm, you know, playing a game or I don't know, this, this tweeting count I don't know. It depends. I may not be talking about astrology or watching something, but my life centers around it. So that's kind of my daily life. Now with my clients, most often um, with natal astrology, it's using some measure of, you know, a complement of tools. So I focus in on looking at natal analysis, talking about the sun, moon, And rising and looking at the rulers, although I don't necessarily talk to them about all the rulerships involved, but I focus on that as a conduit to talk about life purpose. And like, because I start with that because I think, you know, you want to know whether you're in in alignment or not. And a lot can come from discussing how they're in alignment. And I don't decide if they're in alignment. I just say, here's what I think your purpose may be in terms of like, oh, you want to kind of have like, a social directive and bringing communication, um, and bringing people together. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm a am corp- a lawyer for a corporate Baron. Well, maybe it's not that. Right. So then they can decide like, well, I feel out of alignment and then we can start talking about the next thing I get into progressions. Right. So I get into secondary progressions and then I will talk about, um, their, I mean, Zodiacal releasing. I will talk about their Fedaria. Now, when I say I talk about that, I don't necessarily mention that with them. I just know what they're in. Um, and then, obviously, I'm big on Perfections. Perfections is perhaps my most reliable, biggest tool. Like it, it has blown me away of most other things. I May mean, I also draw on Solar Returns? So these are like the complement of things I look at because I think like a lawyer, I'm like, well, I look at all these things. Do they kind of go toward a preponderance of evidence about what this person is dealing with and kind like of like a cumulative sensibility to understand what is the moment they're in related to their life purpose? And so that's what I focus on in terms of like navigating with the client. Um, and it is very much centered on the client and what their needs are um sometimes clients come to me and they want to know about someone else so i will talk about the sinistry. um other times it's astro cartography so we will do astrocartography. very rarely for whatever reason um well, i get a horary but i don't get a lot of horaries directly related to like if just talking with the client as i'm dealing with like their moment they usually will book a separate session for the horary um, so that's pretty much it. And I don't get as many elections as I would want, but that's kind of the thing.
1: Thanks. Um, Bear, how about you?
3: Ooh, um, yeah, there's a lot that I'm pulling into a session. <laughs> um, on the personal note, um, yeah, it, I actually was thinking about something that I asked my meditation teacher, um, when he was at a, at a, a book signing for his first memoir. And I asked him, how do you balance time in your life, like your regular stuff, with meditation? And he, in a very meditation teacher kind of way, leaned back and laughed a little bit. And he said, all of my life is meditation. There is no separation between meditation and and real life. Um, So I feel like, to a certain extent, that's what astrology is like for me. I might even go, I will go so far as to say that astrology is its own meditation, on time and cycles Mm -hmm. and what you see in nature. I've spent a, a fair bit of time chatting with Gemini Brett. He's actually quite close to me these days. Um, so just like spending time with the ecliptic, like spend a year with the ecliptic, that's also astrology, right? So um, I, I'm always thinking about it and breathing about it. Um, the way that I use it is oftentimes I'm looking at the moon and what's going on, whether it's just, uh, you know, the transiting moon or progressed moon or what's going on with the eclipses have been really tracking the eclipses as chapter openers and then each subsequent normal lunation as like a derived house from the eclipse if you want to think about it that way so i'm thinking about this this first normal cancer new moon is like the individual self out of the cancer capricorn stuff but also how we're building resources to tell the truth and find the truth which gemini sag um so i'm just always in it in terms of client sessions i'm Really pulling in a lot of stuff. I'm also a Reiki master. Um, so, in some sessions, I'll be talking to a client about what's what. And the end of the session is a guided meditation and me doing some Reiki to help them to a challenging transit. Um, sometimes I'm bringing in EA and really just like, let me look at your nodes and Pluto and the Pluto polarity point and squares to the nodes. What's up with your skip steps? Um, Professions e- like EA
1: meaning evolutionary astrology. Yes, e- evolutionary you
3: know. astrology, um, very much in the, in the, jeffrey wolf green school but i also am down with the stephen Forrest school i'm thinking a lot about you know what can we what can we know about how and why we came into this lifetime and even if we're not thinking about a multi-lifetime schema i think we can really look to what was there before we were conscious beings that had like a whole narrative around our memories um because being three is not the same as being like a full-fledged person um so a lot of evolutionary astrology now that um, you know i'm got the Hellenistic technique at least somewhat under my belt. I'm definitely looking at whole sign houses and quadrant houses and what's going on externally versus the client's internal perception. I think sometimes clients will have a, you know, this, this skill that I have is, is so much about me and I feel so good. And then you talk to them and you're like, every time you use this skill, you end up institutionalized or someone beats you up or some terrible thing happens. Like that's a 12th house skill. That's not your first house, but I can see why mm. it feels so first house to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at all those different things. And then very much, I was a personal trainer for a brief bit of time in my early 20s. And so oftentimes in my sessions, what I'm really focusing on is excellent client. I'm glad that we have come to an understanding and you see some things about yourself. Here's a challenge. Here's a lunar workout for you. Um, mm-hmm. Here's like maybe not a full on Mars remediation, but like, damn, your life is really spicy right now. How about you, like, get a little yogurt, take a cool bath, hang out at night a little bit more, and, like, you know, chill down just a little bit. Um, So I'm often thinking about, like, literal metaphysical workouts together with Reiki and just a multidisciplinary approach to supporting a client, whether it's just feeling more empowered or tackling a life change or just, like, in the same way that personal training can be about wellness or about bodybuilding. Um, Really just listening to the client and seeing... You know, I think um, one of the interesting things that I found is the yeah. is the consultation chart. Um, and now that I know more horary, you could argue that it's a horary chart also. But I think that consultation chart, every single time I look at it, tells me something about what the client needs from me and why they're coming to me instead of Sam or Kira or Diana or any number of my very skilled and wonderfully eloquent colleagues. Like, what is it that I have that the client needs that made them? wind up in front of me today
1: i love that you said that because i think that's something us like astrologers as a community need to celebrate more that like we all have so many different techniques and different approaches i can't help but think about your second house stellium about like all of the things like your whole to your, your toolkit kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah and like I know that you know I know some evolutionary astrology and that was a big part of you know my the beginnings I guess for me but if someone wants that sort of reading from me like that's not really my that's not my strength and there are astrologers like you um like Sabrina Monarch you know who are really skilled more in looking at the evolutionary framework so i I would love to see more um yeah astrologers just talking I think being more specific about their um their framework and like the type of astrology that they use so that you know you can be like, yeah, I do this, but like my friend over here does this really well, and I think you should um you should maybe look into what they do and yeah, I think we should be talking more about our our um yeah, I guess frameworks. So I'm happy that you brought that up. Um, Ari, how about you? How do you use astrology?
4: I think you're, you're muted.
2: are you're muted yourself.
4: <laughs> I was like, what happened? I muted myself because I was <laughs> in my throat. <laughs> uh, I love that reflection about astrology as a meditation because I really feel like I'm at that point with it. So like, Sometimes I'll, you know, look at the moon. um, Which I also, like, third or fourth that motion about, like, starting a relationship with the moon. Um, Yeah, like like Sam said, it depends what I'm doing, you know? Like, if I'm taking a trip, I'm gonna, like, maybe look a little longer, you know, what's going on, what day is more peaceful or whatever. Um, But... Unless I'm working with astrological magic, there's not a lot of um, attention I pay much anymore to like my daily transits or even my weekly transits. You know, I'm just kind of like flowing with. And also, like I know, you know, so like, mm-hmm. if what's whatever's going on, I can just instantly plug in my mind into my chart. Um, so yeah, with astrological magic, like I do take the time out to, you know, planetary hour, planetary day, and like even. Um, I do pay attention to the planetary days in general, just for like the feel of it, you know, and like being in, com- communication and communion and conversation with that, with that planet. Um, so yeah, up, and then you know, it's really it's my whole life, you know. So like all I do is write about it and talk about it. So um, with my with my clients, it's definitely. Um, like in the beginning, I did a lot more of like a one way conversation, you know, more like technical delineating and like these long emails are like, um, whatever. And so I got over that very quickly. Like, I was like, this needs to be a conversation, you know, like it needs to be a consensual conversation. It needs to be like a, a lived experience. And so, um, at this point, in my practice like I said before, like I used a chart to help people create a concept and like a reference point for themselves outside of colonialism and all these constructs and the hierarchy, which is intersecting systems of oppression. And so like I work with a lot of people in movement work who are like on the front lines or in organizations or like um, doing community work. for liberation, for freedom, specifically black and indigenous um, freedom. And so a lot of what we talk about is like, you know, what, what is their brightest contribution? You know, and like, what is their desire? And like, what, what lights them up and how they can bring that to community work? Um, and then otherwise it's a lot of energy clearing like my conversations with people are a lot of energy clearing and um, clearing like money blocks or relationship blocks or, you know, self-love blocks. Um, I don't use this, like these phrases generally, but I'm trying to like describe it. Um, and so I've, I had to kind of surrender to that process. You know, at first I was like trying to be more technical than, Um, I'm actually meant to be, you know, with like my moon and Pisces in the eighth house and like all this other water. And so, um, in the last few years, I've also been incorporating a lot more, uh, integration of my psychic gifts, you know, and realizing that that's why I needed it to be a conversation because I'm really, really listening, you know, and I'm saying things and yes, I'm looking at the chart, um. And I'm using the chart as a portal, you know, between me and that person. And um, yeah, it's evolved to a lot of ancestor work, like working with people to be in relationship with their ancestors or listening to people's ancestors. And so, you know, basically I guess what's considered mediumship um, through the portal of the chart. Um, So yeah, but all of that is woven into like the astrological context, you know, and so, I'll use the astrological context of whatever's coming through for me, like as a channel, like as a as a clear vessel um, for the star relatives or for whatever that person needs to hear from whatever source, you know, and um, speak in speak in like my plain language, but also speak in astrological terms to um, do that translating, you know, and have some kind of cushion between. Um, the information and the processing the information, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah, so at this point in my practice, it's really like energy work, ancestral work, psychic work, Um, and I think in essence, like supporting people and cultivating a relationship of radical love with themselves and therefore the world, like Grace Lee Boggs said, transform yourself to transform the world. And so I feel like the as long as like software stars has been a thing, and like even somewhat before that there's like this seeming gap in like my formal astrological education because I was taking my socio political education very seriously, so I was going to you know conferences for movement work and you know political liberation, and I was engaging in those workshops and and those um, education materials, and so taking like five years to like really radicalize myself and like be in relationship with decolonization as a process and bringing that to my work.
1: I love that, thank you. Um, yeah, I I love what you said about like using your more psychic s- skills and, and using the chart to, it's like the tool. Um, just in the same way that a lot of psychics and mediums use tarot or even like playing cards as like a divination tool. I find, I find that the same thing with the chart and you can just kind of like get some, so many downloads from just looking at a chart. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I feel that for sure. Um, yeah, he just said so much and I'm like, I wanted to, I'm trying to remember all the things that I wanted to, <laughs> that I wanted to, um, to, you know, to build off of, of what you said, but yeah, I mean, that, that was, that was all really resonant. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, I, I'm glad that, you know, I was able to ask you all this question because um, I want people to know that like, you don't have to use astrology in the way that like like I use it which is the kind of um I would I would categorize it as maybe near obsessive in the sense that um (laughs) (laughs) I am always checking the chart like I I'm a planner I'll just say that my chart ruler is Jupiter and Virgo and um I think that plus the Scorpio stuff needing control over everything um I, I love to plan. And, you know, I have, I'm looking at things in like 2020, like I was just looking at, Oh, when can I schedule this thing in August, 2021? Like, let's, let's look at what the best chart would be for that. I'm a little obsessive with it. And, you know, I schedule, I use astrology to like schedule when I'm sending an email or at least I'll check the chart before I send an email or even a text sometimes, you know, if I'm like hitting up a cutie on Tinder I want to make sure that (laughs) that, you know, maybe I'll wait 10 (laughs) minutes, you know? (laughs) Um, So with that being said, like you you can get that deep with it. You know, you can, you can go to that level like I do um, and plan everything with astrology uh, or you can you don't have to do that at all. And that's completely fine. Um, And I would, I would not encourage anyone to be <laughs> as as a, you know anal as i I can get, um, so yeah, thank you all for sharing that and uh this brings me to my last question, which is kind of you know the first question, which is why astrology and and so by that, I mean like why why is this the tool that you use um, and why like, why are you engaging in this community even? Um, yeah, I guess you can take it however it comes to you, but why astrology? Um, Sam, I'm gonna ask you to go first.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel picked
3: off. He wasn't even doing this this time.
2: <laughs> right?
3: Um, no. <laughs> um,
2: I think the short answer to that question, why astrology? It's kind of what I relayed earlier, believe it or not. It and maybe I am I'm speaking more in the demonic realm, won't leave me alone, right? And um and now it's come to the point I don't want it to leave me alone, right? And I think there is you know, I've tried to you know piece together rationally why this is and the only thing I can walk away from with that in terms of like how it makes sense rationally is that there are moments where I kind of just have this image of myself, you know, looking at astrology, looking at, you know, even after all these years going like, but how, like, how does this make sense? Like, wait, what? And then it, you know, you just see it and it keeps happening. And it's just like, okay. All right. And so I'm, unlike anything else in my life i'm continually fascinated the fascination even after 30 years has not gone you know i got i didn't realize at the time but i got bored with the academy at some point um i felt my limit i've been like many of you like in different things you know did poetry i'm a published poet you know i was in theater playwriting, all these different things, you know, like at some point I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I didn't love it quite the same way. And so I keep choosing astrology because I think astrology keeps choosing me. And in terms of this community, um, I, I think, and I, I think we've all kind of alluded to it, but maybe Kira, you actually alluded to most, uh, or maybe Barry was you too. Um, some of the smartest people I've met have been in the astrological community. The most interesting people I've met have been in the astrological community. Yet, yeah, many people, you know, and it's, we may all have this kind of this supposition and thought that, you know, it's kind of hippies or crunchy folk or, <laughs> but there's all kinds of folk. You know, there are people you would never suspect are into astrology turn out to know more than you do. And you're like, oh, I'll give you an example because like he was my my secret, quote unquote, not weapon, but secret resource for a number of years. Gabriel Rosas, right? Gabe, you know, I don't know what it was. I mean, he started following me and I said something and I saw something, this is literally in like 2009 because we've been connected, you know, like for 11 years. And I was like, oh, you know, some astrology, you know, basically your Kung Fu seems good, right? (laughs) Then, you know, I met him in person and we talked in New York and I was just like, oh, Kung Fu is very strong. You know, I don't mean the kind of, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm doing the movie than any particular Asian people, by the way. So just to be clear. Um, But I was like, oh, shit, he knows more than I do. And, you know, and it's like. But you would never suspect it. This is the kind of things I love about our community. And then, and I'm about to get a little emotional, just to be with you three. I mean, I was alone for a long time, right? Um, Or I felt alone. I don't know if I was actually alone. But, you know, kind of now seeing more growing crop of people of color coming in, with their full selves, their energy, you know, and even having like awkward moments on Twitter, like, who is you? And I'm like, (laughs) just the mofo's been around for 30 years. Don't worry about me. Just keep going. You know, but even that moment, it's kind of like, well, this is the way of the world, right? This is kind of like how it can be, you know, you don't owe me anything. Right? And But it's just wonderful to see and that's what keeps me coming. Um, yeah, that's my, my take.
1: Thank you. There. how about you?
3: Oh, man, why astrology? That's such a big question. I feel like Sam touched on so many things. Um, I would say in addition to some of the smartest people I know being astrologers, some of the most self-possessed and humble people I know are astrologers. Um, I feel like if I had to think of 10 people who are most likely to accept whatever you say about your experience as being totally true without it, taking it remotely personal, they would all be astrologers. Um, and I think there's a lot about astrology that makes it that way, you know, like 12 moon signs, obviously it's going to be 11 different fields besides my own. But I think part of it is also this, like, you know, like, <clears throat> I'm, I'm an elder millennial. Um, and even for me, while there was astrology available on the internet, there was not Astro Twitter, like Facebook wasn't even a thing. In fact, when I first got Facebook, it had just been made available to people who were not in the Ivy league. So like, um, there is a type of connection that I think astrologers maybe cherish more than other types of folks, because I think for a lot of us, by the time we arrive to astrological community we've been like the weirdo down this path that nobody else is interested in or understands for such a long time. Like it reminds me of what Brené Brown says about, you know, being in the arena or go braving the wilderness. And when you finally get out to the wilderness, you're not alone. There's actually this thriving community that's been waiting for you to show up. Um, So I think there's some of that. And then like as an indigenous person, as a disconnected indigenous person, as a black person who was not raised by any black family or in black culture, Like my experience of belonging is very Aquarius moon in the eighth house, very (laughs) alienated. Um, But astrology feels like a language where I can point to the moon changing and talk about the way the moon cycles relate to what's growing on earth or so many moons turns has to do with this particular type of development. And I can point to that in any culture. Like if you have the right way to express the astrological movements or signifiers, that there's a way that almost any culture could connect to that. So it feels like even though the language we use and the traditions I've learned are definitely like Western European and from the Mediterranean Basin and Latin and, and so to some extent, definitely a product of colonialism. It also feels like the, the colonial tool most apt to be able to u- be used for liberation, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Uh, Ari.
4: First of all, Sam definitely made me cry. <laughs> um, and yeah, like bear that belonging piece. Um, before, it's only very recently, you know. Actually, since my like Saturn return started, Saturn queries that i would like felt any kind of trustworthy sense of belonging um and so up until that point when you know other temporal versions of belonging would fall away I always had my relationship to the stars and the planets you know like I always had um the star relatives and especially growing up like in city spaces, you know, if you don't have access to land and water and um, stuff like that. Like, and even if you can't really see the stars, you know, <laughs> you know that they're there. Um, and so, like Sam said, like, I choose it because it chooses me. Like, it's a very similar thing where I did not expect to be on this path. You know, I wasn't like, oh, this would be a lucrative career provocation decision you know like I was um when I found astrology I was about to you know get my secondary English teaching degree you know like that's what I was going to do and then I was like I'm going to take a gap year to like save money and like be sure because I don't really feel like teaching kids and that feels unfair to both of us um and then you know that turned into me being like oh no actually like this is what I want to do for the foreseeable future and beyond that. And having, before that, really having never felt so certain about anything in my life, you know? Um, And so very much, and I had to surrender to it, you know? I had to be like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do, you know? Like, it was a very difficult decision uh, to fully commit. Um, But once I did, I did. And it definitely, it's, it's inexplicable in a way to try to articulate why other than that, you know, this is the body of nature that I'm here to build a relationship with and to repair our relationship with as well, you know, because we've been so dismembered from our ancient ways of knowing and our ancient ways of self-locating, locating locating other and being, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, in these indigenous relationships with ourselves and each other and the world um but yeah it's like it's this insatiable passion you know just like never never is boring you know and never is old and never is really tiring you know it's like um yeah and i think the way that it's so larger than life, you know, it's so macro and micro at the same time, it's very satisfying to me, you know, because it often can feel like you have to pick one or the other. Um, And so, yeah, I think that essentially, I'm in a relationship with astrology because I'm compelled to be and part of like my process of decolonization is trusting what I'm compelled to be and do and say, and, you know, um, trusting that and listening. Um, yeah, and I think that I, it's been a very, it's been very much so a hermit journey for me, you know, um, and now I'm at the point where, like, I understand that I can trust this belonging, you know, with other people, and that, like, we share this, this language. Um, but also because, like, outside of my clients, like, I didn't really know people, you know, and it was, like, hard to find communities where I could be, um the you know radical political person that i am and the bruja that i am and to be an astrologer you know and so now that's more possible than it was 10 years ago i feel like for sure um at least on turtle island
3: i remember my
1: sorry go ahead
3: um i was just gonna say i remember my first norwac um sam was was given a keynote speak that friday night And I I was supposed to have left. Uh, Carolyn Casey came up to me and asked if I ate meat and gave me her dinner ticket, which is why I was able to stay. And Sam popped up there and I was like, what? There's a black man speaking. What is going on in this place? And straight up called it out. Like, here we are in a space where like, I'm exceeding one hand. There's not just four of us or five of us. I think there was like 12 or something. And just like looking around like, damn, I don't think I've ever been in a space of my particular special interest with this many brown people in the same room. And then 2019 was just like, what? Like In 2018, if you'd asked me, will there be like 10 times as many people of color and young people in this space? I would have been like, I hope so, but that seems unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just seems like, like just as much as astrology has chosen each one of us in its own way, it feels like this moment has chosen a lot of folks to step forward into the practice and into the tradition
1: Yes yeah I mean for me it was Sam too listening to astrology podcasts and um, I don't remember what the episode was but I feel like it must have been your first ep- the first time you recorded with Chris because I've been listening since the beginning <laughs> um, and just to know that there was a black man doing this and that I wasn't the only one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I grew up in very white spaces. I went to a private all girls school growing up with rich kids and, um, you know, I went to art school in New York City after that, which is, I mean, there was definitely more people of color, but still, um, the art, the art world tends to be pretty white. Um, And yeah, I mean, I guess I just became really used to and comfortable navigating those spaces, just being the only one um, or one of very few. And so now to be where, where I'm at now with astrology and then also building community like this and for that community to be so colorful and beautiful and intersectional and queer and uh, it's seriously i said this at QAC but it's like my wildest dreams come true like all I ever wanted as a kid was to have like a crew and like have like mm. to find my people and you know North Note and the 11th house <laughs> sort of <laughs> thing um where yeah I just kind of imagined like finding my people one day and I feel like I feel like that's happened you know and that's just wild to me the fact that um, not only am I surrounded by astrologers but that the fact that I'm surrounded by astrologers who um, are just like my people in the sense that like queer and um, brown and radical and revolutionary and um, yeah just stuff that like, I, I just wish I could tell 12 year old Kira that, like, don't listen to people making fun of you for talking about being a Scorpio so much. Because <laughs> um, you will find people who appreciate that and celebrate that and, you know, want to talk to you about how Scorpio you are one day. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I, this is just great. And I'm so honored that the three of you. Are here with me right now um it's just yeah it's a dream i can't believe it so thank you
4: can i
2: say thank- something yeah
4: mm-hmm. yes please oh i just wanted to um offer offer some reciproc reciprocity through gratitude to sam for all the visible and invisible work that you've done over all these years to Help make this moment that astrology is experiencing possible. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, and honor you and honor your devotion to our people and honor your devotion to the craft and being a sacred gatekeeper and gate opener and um, showing up with such humility and, and clarity at the same time. And so, thank you for. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for
2: that gift. I will receive that. And I appreciate that. Um, and thank you for having me, Kira. And thank you, Bear and Ari, for, for not just showing up, as you just said to me, but also, you know, it does come with some of responsibility, which I'm sure you're both, all three of you are up to now, you know, to carry it forth right and to know that it's to cultivate and to do even more and take it higher take it farther um and make it yours and what i see is that you are you know i haven't seen you as much in in action areas i've seen bear and kira but you know what i can see from from you bear is that you're making it yours and i think that's kind of the 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 key thing you know just because of the nature of my personality, I guess maybe the moon and Leo, I mean, I, on Twitter, I, I think I am who I am on Twitter, but I, I'll i let my moon show like, aha, come on, you know, what, else, what do you got? <laughs> yeah. And I expect you, I, and what some people may miss is I expect you to come back and be like, no, nah, I don't think that's true. Hmm. That's fine, good, I yeah. want that. I want you to come back and like, that's true, blah, blah, blah. Because I think, one of the things I found from my elders is like, well, told a lie, you know, mm-hmm. do what I say. And I'm like, well, that's not growth. You just want you want me to mimic you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's kind of the, the the real possibility is like encouraging each other, developing. So that this is your inaugural podcast, Kira, that this is auspicious, I think. You know, I didn't know. I didn't, I don't know if you checked the time. I know you're trying to. <laughs> I know you're trying to just get us all together in one place. But I don't know if that was all about like if you you kind of looked at it. One thing I didn't say about my encounter with Gail, brief encounter with Gail Armistad, the person who said I don't know what you don't know, is that he did have another interesting moment, which I thought was kind of a moment somewhat too far from me. Um, but when I called him to make the appointment to meet him. Um, he said, he's like, well, I don't hear any paper wrestling. What paper did you experience wrestling as we were trying to coordinate the appointment? Well, looking up in your you're ephemeris to know if this is auspicious. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I was just trying to figure out my calendar when I should actually go and see you, you know, because I've always been kind of busy, but I was like, okay, but it got me thinking. So it's like, it was an interesting thing to think about in terms of, you know, how you tie things and yeah you know if you see me as humble it's more so because i'm always in i'm humbled by astrology i think the only way you can experience humility Mm
3: -hmm.
2: is to find something that humbles you Mm
3: -hmm. you know when Mm -hmm. people say yeah
2: you know be humble blah 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 if you don't have something in which you are focused on to humble you you won't be humble Mm -hmm. so like ruler
1: in virgo (laughs) Yeah.
2: So, you know, like I've learned, like I was writing a little bit during our conversation, like star relatives, like I'm really appreciative of that phraseology that really ties into some other things I'm working on. so, you know, especially related to the demonic realm and position between the 12th and the 8th and the 4th. And of course, you're channeling a lot from the 8th through your moon. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: I feel like we've all had this moment of channeling during this whole conversation
4: definitely
2: so anyway but thank you
1: Uh, you guys are all so awesome (laughs) we are awesome awesome. we're awesome yeah this (laughs) is awesome thank you um to close out let's let's drop some um some handles some links uh ari where can people find you
4: instagram saltwater.stars twitter saltwaterstars underscore facebook saltwater stars www saltwaterstars.com <laughs> i think <Okay>. that's it
1: <laughs> awesome cool thank you bear how about you
3: you can find me mostly inactive on instagram astral like the astral plane dot ids you can find me way more active on twitter astralids astral underscore ids, I-D-S, I-D-S, I-D-S um you can find my website psyche and soul astrology all spelled in the normal english way um yeah that's the primary places you can find me there's definitely a few other things that i'm working on i'm uh, the community outreach chair for the ncgr san francisco board now and uh, oh awesome congrats yes you're working Uh, with russia russia uh
2: no well she's the president right
3: No, it's uh, Stephen, no, it's not Stephen Pinkus. It's Kathy Coleman is the president right now. Oh, okay. And then Gemini Bretts, the vice president over there. Mary Gao and Stephen Pinkus. Oh, I don't know them at all. Okay. Yeah, might be a different California chapter maybe, but. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, starting to get into the more bored side of astrological organizations and then definitely cooking up some things with Kira and Diana Rose Harper and Aaron Dax Shipley
1: awesome yes we are cooking up some things yeah you were just recently on the astrology podcast which is Mm -hmm. pretty cool i can't wait to to listen to that i might save it for the road trip so i can just really like zone out and listen to it um awesome thank you and sam where can we find you
2: unlockastrology.com and on twitter it's sf as in fred reynolds um and then same on instagram
1: Cool. well thank you guys so much for being a part of my first podcast episode i can hardly believe it um, amazing and i'm sure i'll talk to all of you soon but uh mm. everyone i hope that you'll follow these amazing astrologers um book a reading with them i've had a reading with ari i've had readings with sam there and i talk like almost every day so mm-hmm. basically i think we've done a reading swap before but they're all That's
3: incredible for you yeah
1: yeah yes horror yes thank you um, my mom was like mind blown That's by it. by your horror <laughs> skills um, yeah right so
2: yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Cause you saw the keys right the yes, yes yeah yeah
1: they found was, our, my keys
3: that was my Ooh. first like real horror too
1: that was awesome so was, yes. yeah i
3: was i was blown away <laughs>
1: So, yeah, follow these
0: incredible people, support their work, um, and talk to you soon.
3: Thank you, Kira. Thank you. Thank you, Kira.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of The Astrology Show. I really hope you enjoyed it. I, I hope you loved it as much as I loved having the conversation with these three incredible astrologers. So, if you're wondering about how you can support the show and support me in making this show there's there's a lot of different ways and most of them are free so i'm going to run through them for you for one you can subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and that actually helps a ton if you just simply hit that subscribe button that also ensures that you're not going to miss any episodes that you know every monday when they come out it'll just show up in your feed You can also rate the show five stars if you feel so inclined. That would be awesome. Another thing you can do is write a review for the show. Um, I know it's just the first episode, but if you feel inclined to, that would be really helpful as well. You can also share the show um, on social media. You can post a screenshot and put it in your stories. Just tag me at the astrology. yeah, share it, send send it to your friends who are also astrology lovers who you think would get a lot out of it. That's a really great way to help support me. And then there's Patreon. So I made a Patreon page for the show. It's patreon.com slash theastrologyshow. And there's three tiers. The first tier is the conjunction, and that's $3 a month, and that basically grants you early access to all the episodes. So before they're posted out into the world, I'm gonna post them on Patreon first. And um, yeah, in that tier, you'll you'll get early access. The second tier is the sextile, which is $6 a month. And that will give you early access as well as um, access to a monthly AMA with me. So AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. And we'll basically get together once a month, and you can bring all of your astro questions, even all of your life questions, and um, we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll answer as many as I can in the, time, in the time provided. And then there's the trine tier. The trine tier is $10 a month. And with that, you'll get the early access. You'll get access to the AMAs. And then you'll also get entered into kind of like a monthly drawing to um, be featured on the podcast by receiving a reading from me. So we'll do a live reading um, about an hour long and, you know, you'll come with any questions that you have and we'll just dive into it just like I, I do with my clients. So that I'm really excited about giving readings is like my favorite It's, that's like top tier for me. That's, I mean, literally it is, it's, it's it's the highest tier of the Patreon, but, um, yeah, I really love giving readings. That's, that's my jam. So, um, yeah, $10 a month for that. And you can find me at theastrology.com. I'm on Instagram at theastrology. That's T-H-E-S-T-R-O-L-O-G-Y. Um, and on Twitter, I'm at the astrology underscore. I'm also on YouTube and I'm going to be posting these episodes on YouTube as well. So if you are a more visual learner, check that out. Um, I'm also going to post the YouTube links on Patreon too. So if you do become a patron, it'll be there as well. Thank you so much. And I will see you Monday with the next episode.